This is a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Welcome to episode 145 of the Podcast of Terror production of the Galactic Network. I'm, uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, content, information, subscription, links, go to gncast.com slash pot. I'm Matt Stein. Corey's here. We don't have a guest, so I let him in on this little part. Yeah, you always let me with your little parts. <laughs> you know what? You used to be, uh, you used to like it. I still do. I just, it, it happens so infrequently, and I don't remember it. Uh which is you gotta, weird because you gotta cut back on the dosage. You're you're closer, so you think you'd get more of it, but you know, I, I think it's because it's later for me now. It's like it's nine o'clock. True. I'm wearing a bathrobe up in my fucking attic. Uh, <laughs> I know we're used to if we if we have to record on a weeknight, it's nine o'clock for me because you barely just got home from work. Yeah, that's uh, and, how the time. And now changed. I haven't worked in like five months or whatever. <laughs> no it. How's that? I sometimes wish I hadn't worked for five months. It's it's strange. Um, you go without working for too long. And I had, I had done a almost two-year stint of being uh, unemployed or, or low-employed uh, before I started my last job. Uh, but you, you go too long without working and you kind of forget how to function. Like you don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is. You just sort of lose track of everything, and the the biggest thing is like, oh, is to, do I have to leave the house today or not? And it, it's a little discouraging um, because it's it's so easy to just get into the habit of like not do anything. It, we're we're finding uh, my wife is getting seasonal depression disorder. Yeah, uh, because there's no sunlight. Yeah, um, have her have her take vitamin D. And uh, that's not a euphemism for I tried for that, but dick. I need some pills. I, I need to get back on some uh, health insurance before I can give that to her. Wait. Wait. I said not your dick. Oh, not my dick. Yeah. Okay. So your dick? Um. You know what? If that's what it's going to take to get you to a happy place, I'll take over the team. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Usually it takes a team, so it'd be impressive to pull it out oh. by yourself. Oh, boy. But hey, yeah. Um, so, it, I'm I'm encouraged to get a job just because I I've, I've forgotten what living is. Uh, also, at some point, I'm going to want to keep the lights and heat on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've understood this yet, but in America, you need uh, legal tender to exchange for goods and services. I I don't know, man. It's Michigan. I I, I feel like you can get away without having any kind of employment. If you just, you know, walk around and say, oh, yeah, you know, the plant shut down and <laughs> you just go. With it. You know, I, I guess 
I don't know what it's like over there. I've actually never been to Michigan. It's I, I can't say that it's far and away from where you're at. Uh, I mean, it's literally I, there's I'm just sure a, there's, the, there's a body of water in between us. Yeah, well, there's a body of water in between me and most of my neighbors. So that must be nice. So you have a moat. I'm I'm looking out my window at fresh water. I'm looking at mm-hmm. the river that runs right down the side of my driveway. At the moment, I can see the moonlight reflecting off of the water. Uh, it's it's kind of uncanny. Oh. It's a little incredible, but it doesn't help if you never go outside. <laughs> um. Yeah. D- uh, yeah. I don't. I didn't leave my house this weekend, which is really uncommon for me. Like, I didn't leave my house, and I didn't even realize I didn't leave my house. Yeah, we went on Friday night uh, because I was trying to cheer Aaron up a little bit. Um, we went to Kalamazoo, which is the the next sort of major town up from us, about a half hour away. And we were surprised at how much, when we got into the depths of it, how much it seemed like a legit city like San Francisco, except without all the bullshit. Um, it was like busy traffic. It was, uh, the, we went to some industrial type of sushi restaurant that was really excellent. Um, but we were just kind of like, oh, okay, because we're living in a town that is so small that it shuts off at a certain point in time. I think just to, delegate resources and this was like oh the hustle and bustle of human interaction this is different and so we did that on friday yeah yeah so it's it's odd because like your your city town whatever is large enough to have a menards applebee's meyer and home depot yeah all congregated together yeah it's it's but you everything closes at like eight The Applebee's doesn't. I guess the Applebee's stays open till like Applebee's eleven oh, o'clock hour, midnight. like when you're. Yeah, if you if you pound it down, the dollar special margaritas or whatever they've given you, and, and they just don't want to wheel you out in the cold. Uh, no one wants that lawsuit. But wow. there's like one or two things that stay open a little bit later. But for the most part, it is a town that closes at eight o'clock for a lot of things. Um, wow, that's that's so weird. Like I I. I I know we've talked about how small your town is, so I think it's strange that you have a mire, which, like, we just got a mire in Appleton, and there's, like, 75,000 people here or something. I don't think you're allowed to spring up a town or city in Michigan without there being a mire there (laughs) and, uh, what, a half dozen mobile gas stations. Uh, I think that's that's the the industry of the state. Yeah. Um, You even have a municipal airport. Well, do we? Yeah, the Three Rivers Municipal Drive Haynes Air or Doctor Haynes Airport. Wow, I I did not pick up. Don't I know that there's an airport. Yeah, I mean, like, don't feel special, uh, because Shackton doesn't. I mean, Shackton has an airport, and there is a town. It's a town of nine hundred people, but it's just a field that planes land in once in a while. Yeah. It, Petaluma had an airport, and it was similar to what you're describing. Yeah. Um, And Santa Rosa had the Snoopy Airport, had the the Charles Schultz Airport that was, if you ever get the opportunity uh, to fly from that to wherever it is you're going, even if it's for a layover somewhere or or stop on the way, fly out of the Santa Rosa Airport because it's so much less of a pain in the ass than going to San Francisco or Oakland. Uh, here we've got Kalamazoo and then we've got Grand Rapids, which is about an hour away. Uh, so both of those things are better situations. It's always just 
shit going to like a Detroit or any well, major city. No one wants where to you're like nine Detroit. hours in line. Yeah, well, I don't mind going to Detroit, but for that kind of experience, <sighs> it's like because that's where everybody goes through. And the Snoopy Airport, it was like I don't even remember if I had to take off my fucking shoes to get through the the walkthrough. It was just, hey, you gonna take a flight? Yeah, good for you, man. Just pat you on the back, <laughs> send you along, hand you a donut. Um, it was much nicer. Uh, yeah, it, it's, a, uh, it's all kind of coming into this head of like, oh, we live here now. Maybe we should start building our experiences in this community and, uh, and, and trying to become regular people again. I mean, I say we, like my wife hasn't done anything. She spent a week working. Uh, she was going to intern as a tattoo artist and then decided that it wasn't really what she wanted to do artistically. And so I got her an iPad Pro, and she's been making T-shirts and prints and stuff like that uh, for the last two weeks since, and just prolifically, just nonstop drawing and creating stuff. And I just, I wake up, look at my cat, and go, "You good?" And she goes, "Meow." And so I assume that means <laughs> yes, and we flip over and go back to sleep. That's been the extent of my thing. I, at most, it's like Sunday mornings. I get up and and worryly push myself to walk across the street and have breakfast and then come back home and fart into a, a small pillow. Why do you fart into a small pillow? Because the large pillow is already full. Of farts or? Yeah, mostly. Huh. I, uh... Don't you do that? Don't you, don't you fart into to small containers so you can save them for later? No. I, um... Man, you never know when that rainy day is going to come. I how's how's your winter been? We've got a little bit of snow, but it, I don't know that we would call it qualifying as actual winter yet. Um, you kind of threw me for a loop there because we were talking about your farts. Um, it snowed yesterday, Sunday, like all day. It was shit. It rained Saturday night turned into sleet turned into snow so yesterday sucked so now we have like a crispy layer of snow ice yeah but it's the crispy layer it's not snow like driven beautiful wonderland crap no but i'd almost rather take that because i can like walk through that this stuff is like crunch crunch try not to fall and that's that's what i'm saying is we've had we've had a couple of days that were like good packing snow but still not to the extent of what you what you really dream of, and Aaron wants to make her first snowman. Oh, it'll happen. Don't worry about that. She needs I'm, to I'm sure it calm will. Calm down. Um, I had to get ice scrapers for the cars. You know that was that was a thing. I was like, oh yeah, I remember we used to have to do this thing of preparing the car to go somewhere, as opposed to just sitting in it for 20 minutes and dicking around on your phone while it warms enough that you can drive. It's like now you've got the 25 fucking minutes of like heat up enough so that I can get the windshield just to barely be able to be seen through. Yeah. There's that. Uh, it drives me nuts. Like you drive those, you see people who, uh, haven't even cleaned off their back window. I'm like, yeah, come on. It's not that, I'm that fucking asshole. hard to do. Oh no. Well, no, I mean, I, I was that asshole cause I didn't have an ice scraper. I didn't have, uh, the brushes or anything to, to clear that stuff off. 
Um, and then even when I got the windows cleared off, it's like the hood is still covered and blowing up at my windshield. There, yeah, there's always that. I remember when uh, before I had a garage to park in, you'd just like clean off your window and then the back window and the side windows, but then the, everything from the hood would blow onto your windshield, which is now warming up, so it turns into to wet. And then, and then the roof blows off the back. Uh, it's an experience living up here for winter. Yeah. It, it's an experience that I'm I'm both anxious to enjoy the first couple of times and then know that I'm going to regret for the rest of my natural born life of living here. Um, yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It, 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 it makes you appreciate summer that much more. Yeah, everything's got something. And and when you when you saw this week that Alaska had a 7.0 earthquake, yeah, fuck uh, and then 5.7 aftershocks, I, I'm like, well, holy shit! You know, that's that's like a, a new thing to them. Like that's something that happens every 50 years or so. That is not a regular occurrence. They should not have to deal with that bullshit when they've already got their regular bullshit of the snow, the the six months of night, whatever. Like you don't add something else in. It, it's like you don't you don't give Texas fucking monsoon weather on yeah. top of the other shit that they have going on. And like I just I'm I'm okay with this new version of your daily crap that you have to deal with. It's just like don't graduate it to oh we gave you that thing, but we're also going to give you these other four things here. Yeah, that's yeah. I I mean I, I'm just used to it, so I I don't know any different. I don't. Does Alaska like normally get earthquakes? I'm sure if they not, do, it's not of that magnitude. But not like that. No. Yeah. I, I think it was the 60s is what they said is when they had something like that before. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I guess at least you got another 50, 60 years before it happens again. That's the hope. I mean the flood that hit my current house uh, before we moved into it. Uh, over this the, the earlier this year it was said to be the hundred year flood for this area uh and and that's what you hope it's like well good in another hundred years i won't be here to, to deal with that but it, it's kind of like they say it's a hundred years it's not a hundred years it's like it could happen at any fucking time well and that's the thing like just because it only happens once in a while doesn't mean that it couldn't sporadically happen again um like that like that snowstorm that we had where we had two and a half feet of snow it's like I've never seen anything like that, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen again this year. Yeah, and and the thing of it is that if it's something that happens semi regularly, you at least know to prepare for it. Yeah, it's the things that you're completely ill prepared for because well, that never happens here. So why would you even think about the the kind of kit or the expectations of like getting into a doorway, like telling your kids, "Hey, this is what happens when the Earth shakes open its maw and tries to swallow us." Not here. We don't have to deal with that here. That's somewhere else that do- does that shit. It's like, oh, no, guess it's here too. Yeah, weather's a fickle bitch. It's just the planet trying to shake us off, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other Mother conversation. Earth is just Taylor Swift, and we're the John Mayers inhabiting it. I have no words for you right now. <laughs> Hey, so you, you picked the fucking movie, so you talk. I picked about a it. fucking movie. Um, yeah, I, we didn't have a guest this week, and you were asking me last week what you wanted to watch. 
and I just went straight to something that I would have watched anyways. Uh, so it gave me the excuse, uh, which is Lord of Illusions, which I don't, was... I don't know what I watched. I, you never do. So <laughs> Lord of Illusions is from 1995. It finishes off, I think, our trifecta of Clive Barker written, directed movies. Uh, he He wrote the story that became Candyman, but he didn't direct it. But we did um, Hellraiser at yeah. very early when we we crossed over with uh, doing Nightmare on Elm Street. We yep. we mixed those two, and we've done Nightbreed, I believe. Yeah, yeah, with JF. So this was this was the last one of the the Barker films to to get to. It was um, the fucking weirdest, but is it though? I mean, when you look back, is it really any weirder? So we'll get into the the plot of it in a, in a couple minutes, but for me watching a lot of this, it seemed like this was the the characters like the weirdos and the cult and stuff seemed a lot like the creatures that lived in Midian, uh, except without the makeup. They all had an equal kind yeah. of creepiness to them, but they were humans as opposed to beasts. You know, as opposed to like, oh, we save a lot of money on fucking effects in this. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very Clive Barker movie. Like, there, there's no doubt as to who who wrote and directed this. And that's that's the thing too is about the scene where uh, they entrap Nix by putting the mask on him, and and uh, the guy is bleeding to cause the screws to screw into his face Mm -hmm. that felt so barker ish Mm -hmm. that felt like that when barker does something he gives you that that visceral feeling with the visuals and stuff um in a way that just stands out that it's very signature to who he is um but yeah now i usually am the one who has to take the lead on describing the movie but since you seem confused i think it would be more exciting to hear you describe what you think what this movie was about. I have no fucking clue what this movie is about. Scott Bakula is <laughs> like a cop or something, and he ends up with some weird guys, and then the guy who's got the screws in his head comes back, but he looks like a busted up piece of beef jerky. Yeah. And that's a, that's about it. I don't, like, when it ended, I it just was like, huh. Like, I fully intended on what I was going to rewatch this movie at work today and I just got too fucking busy which I should you know <laughs> I was going to put it but, on while I was doing other things. But when had you watched the movie recently? You had watched it like a day or two ago? I watched or? it yesterday morning and I, I don't I don't know like it was just I had, I had no idea what this movie was about going into it I had no idea what I was in for and I still have no idea what I watched Okay uh, so for people who never see the video of the shows and I don't blame you um, I have switched to a, a, a podium style, uh, podcast setup on a, and Matt has said on a pulpit. Yeah. And because you're my, always up on your soapbox. Yeah. I'm a fuck off. And <laughs> so, uh, on, on my pulpit, aside from my, my buddy Christ statue that I've recently added to it, I have two Clyde Barker books. I've got the great and secret show and, uh, Everville. And I believe Harry Dahmer uh, however you pronounce the last name. I was was like Diamore or something when I'd read it, uh, but they just said Diamore 
maybe in the movie. They just say it real uh, quick. So, so yeah, they, yeah, like no French uh, accent at all. So Harry shows up in Everville. Now I had read the short story of his, maybe in the time that I read Everville, maybe before that, because I had gotten the Great and Secret Show from my local library back when I lived in Michigan before uh, in Canton, and it instantly became one of my favorite books. And it was a couple years after that that Everville came out, and I got that and read it too. But I remember reading the story that was the basis for Lord of Illusions uh, with Harry, and and it was a uh, it was a short story. It was stretched out to be this film. And I don't know how much it gets into some of the things like the uh, the whole um, magic thing. I forget the name of Magic the Gathering, the card game. I, I think it was the Magic Castle or something. I, I forget the name of the, the place. It, it I think it legitimately exists. It's where magicians and people hang out. I think they also used it in an episode over here or there of Modern Family. Anyway, <laughs> so the short story is a short story. And I, I I was familiar with Harry from that. I was familiar with Harry from uh, Everville. So by the time I saw the movie, it all seemed familiar. I didn't quite recall a lot of it. But the character is, it's a film noirish detective story that involves uh, supernatural magic. Now, I haven't read the Harry Dresden stuff, but that I feel like that's probably close to this. I know that there was a cast a deadly spell with Fred Ward from Tremors uh, back in the eighties or nineties. And then they had a sequel to it with Dennis Hopper. Uh, it's not an unusual thing to go with, to have the, the detective cop guy who's also in the supernatural stuff. Hellblazer, the uh, John Constantine is based off of that. It It's pretty <sighs> rote trope. But it's fun and it, it's perfect in, in Barker's wheelhouse because the weird is what he he does well. And the whole thing of like creating mythology of uh, some magician wants to actually use real devil magic to be able to come back from the dead and other magicians go to stop him to save him to save this young girl that he's kidnapped, uh, basically to tempt them out there. But he's also got his own cult. And the cult is all together to like worship him, and he's promised them immortality too. Uh, that's where this starts. Uh, so this guy Nix runs a cult, has kidnapped a young girl. Uh, his protege uh, has come to edge him out uh, to save her. The protege is uh, Philip Swan, who is just creepy looking. <laughs> it's like. I know he's supposed to be a stage magician and everything. Uh, they could have picked a, a more normal looking guy. I, I, I know what they were going for, but it's like he, he later on marries the, the young girl that he, he saves, which itself is kind of a, a gross thing in this. But it's like you feel like if he didn't save her life from a cult, he probably would have never gotten a girl like that at all. <laughs> as rich as he is. So all that says is that if you're unsure if you can ever get some of that sweet, sweet pussy, start a cult. Or 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 find a cult that exists and stop it somehow. Yeah. Either um, way, cults equal sweet, sweet pussy. I, that's why they exist. I think that's how they all start out, except for Scientology, because you know those guys in that Scientology are not there for the, for the badge. Um, <laughs> Please say it. Sweet, sweet pussy. 
I, I'm not saying that. Why not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Swan and, and a couple other friends of his, they they go and they stop Nix and they bind him and they, they use some uh, hexes to, to take his magic and kill him and then they bury the body somewhere out uh, where no one's be, supposed to be able to find it. Years go by and people, uh, a guy from the cult has gone and started killing the people that associated with Swan to kill Nyx. And they hire, uh, not the, the killer, but the, the people who survived, uh, Swan and his, his wife, Dorothea. They hire Harry Dearmore, uh, Scott Bakula. That, uh, that was probably my favorite thing about this movie, is that Scott Bakula, wasn't it? Scott Bakula. And Fank Jansen, who his, I think is kind of an underrated actress she's done a lot of stuff but this is still pretty early for her um she played Jean gray in the x-men movies by brian singer she was on that blacklist spinoff on nbc she's in the taken movies she's done a ton of stuff um but uh she's the the young girl who gets rescued and uh so they hired him more to try to figure out what's going on and then Swan, who's an illusionist, gets killed doing his farewell performance in this town that he's at, uh, doing this new trick. All these swords fall from the ceiling, and as he's supposed to avoid them, they start stabbing through him instead. And uh, he gets killed. Demore assumes that it's the cult that uh, has basically led to his death, and he keeps getting in tumbles with them and stuff. And he goes to the Magic Castle to find other illusionists to try to figure out what Swan was into. And that's how he finds out about Nyx. He, he starts to get a little bit pieced together as to what's going on. And he finds out that Swan wasn't really an illusionist. He was an actual magician. He was doing real magic. And Nyx is the one who was teaching him this stuff. Um, in the meantime, Nyx's cult, the people who used to follow him before he was killed all start to come back together and they all have lives that they've been living this entire time that they not just abandon immediately to go back to him, but start killing their wives and husbands and children and stuff, just destroying everything about what their lives were because it was just a holding place. That to me is one of the most disturbing and impressive scenes in this is when you see the people who were there, the guys like going, getting ready in the mirror. And then you look down and you see the body of his dead wife in the closet and you see the, the wife mother uh, is cleaning off the dishes and behind her, you see where she's killed her husband and her, her two kids. Uh, and I think even the dog, I don't remember exactly, but it's like, yeah, we were just doing this to get by until Nick's return. And now that Nick's is potentially back, uh, fuck all this noise. Uh, we're out of here and we don't want anybody coming to look for us. Um, so, uh, Harry goes and uh, winds up having some depot sex with Dorothea because why wouldn't you? And uh, kind of falls for her a bit. Swan, it turns out, faked his own death because he's trying to get away from Nick's coming back and doesn't want to be found and assumes that uh, if he's missing, then they also won't be able to find Nick's body. Uh, although he told his, uh, his little buddy Valentine where the body was like a dumb shit. And um, then they go out uh, 
to back to where Dorothea was captured and taken back to the first place in the beginning again, where Nix has come back to life and they have to try to kill him all over again and deal with the cult and everything else. It's not a lot to the plot. I don't know why you're so confused by it. So what what is it that doesn't work for you? The entire movie. Yeah, okay, in what way? Is it just that it was <laughs> not told well? Is it... No, it's just... I. It was just a little more... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, so I don't know what I wanted to happen. So when it happened, it was just... I don't know. It's a little too intense. I don't think I was ready for a, a Clive Barker movie yesterday morning. <laughs> I did not think it was bad. I def- over my Sunday morning pancakes. <laughs> I have a little bit of uh, yeah, yeah. Flavor. I mean, it, it was it was a good movie. I didn't dislike it. I want to watch it again. I just was not prepared for what happened. Yeah, and then that that that's fair because again, I came to this having more familiarity with the story and having seen the movie a number of times. Uh, we both watched the director's cut this time. I cannot tell you anything in the director's cut that stood out to me as being different, different than what I remember the movie being like without the footage. Uh, maybe I, I, there might have been a brief flash of Dong. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember for the most part. Dick. I, I just thought there was like one flash of somebody standing in a hotel room by his bed with his penis out. But maybe I was just like having a flashback to college. Um, it's just the whole thing seems pretty straightforward to me it but it goes in line with what i already know of barker's stuff the 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 two books of the art they don't really clasp onto it too much in this but the the harry character having associated with those i kind of like piece it all together as like there's a one big clive barker world where all this stuff kind of coexists mm-hmm. in the way that stephen king has a lot of his stuff coexist and I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if Cabal is supposed to take place in the same place as Green Secret Show or as Hellraiser. But you do kind of feel like if it's in Barker's mind that it all has to kind of tie in in some ways because he's built such an interesting weave of what these things are about. Um, and since he was in control of the movie, since he was the writer and director of it, he gets to decide what goes in there. And so his determinations as to what a character that is trying to both have immortality and bring about the end of the world is, is that there's, there's something behind the scenes that we don't really get much of a glimpse of in this. Um, but there's something behind the scenes that is probably already defined in Barker's mind and maybe in some of his other stories. Um, but I did feel watching this, this time a little bit like I've seen this so much in Nightbreed that it felt too familiar it felt like it wasn't like it was the same story at all but it did have so many things that looked similar and and characters that felt similar that it all kind of like added up to like not repetitive so much as just familiar i guess is the only way to say it it just it felt like this is i've seen this i've got this idea yeah it definitely felt like visually it looked like nightbreed like it was it wasn't new from that standpoint which came out first this one or nightbreed uh nightbreed came out first okay. uh the one thing this did have that that was different was the uh weird 
I don't know what it was, ghost effect thing or something like that, that was attacking them in Swan's house that looked straight out of Lawnmower Man. Um, <laughs> kind of like, oh, we're using computer generated shit to to scare everybody now, and it's like, wow, that is that is terrible. That is like Commodore Amiga level graphics there, which is fair because that's where we were in in the yeah. early nineties. But wow, it is not a good look. Um, does not hold up well. Um, a lot of the the like people floating and stuff that it's not it's not going to win any awards for effects. But it was Barker working on a Barker budget, and and I know that this movie didn't make a lot of cash or anything after that, and it's probably why it was the last one that he got to write and direct himself. But it was, you know, it it, it holds together more because of the story. It's just that because it's a movie, whereas Hellraiser got to have multiple sequels, and not all of them were done by Clive, but it was a a story that started out a pretty huge now um number of films and nightbreed probably should have had that there should have been at least a couple more movies after that first one but it didn't happen and this one while i could see there being more movies about harry himself i don't know that there would be more movies about these characters beyond him so it, it, it seems like this would go right from this into a TV series with Scott Bakula playing the character. Is it possible that this was the beginning for Harry and the Hendersons? Right. No, uh, Harry and the Hendersons beat this out by about 10 years. <laughs> um, but I would like to see uh, a, a Bigfoot and John Lithgow fighting the supernatural. Um, that, would, that would definitely beat out <laughs> Sam and Dean, I think, in my book. I'd pay to see it, but that's just me. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it'd go 14 seasons like that show has, but it would still be pretty fun. Beat, uh, says, Beat says that uh, Bakula can leap back and prep me for the viewing of this. Yeah, Bakula hasn't been able to leap me into watching his NCIS spinoff yet. Uh, but yeah, it, I feel like there was a good amount here to tell this story. It's just, it doesn't pull me as much as what the the background of the the Nightbreed Cabal characters or the background of the Hellraiser stuff with the Cenobites. Um, cinnamon Bites? Yeah, the Cinnamon Bites. Um, <laughs> I would love to go to Burger King in the morning and just speak and say, yeah, I'd like to get an order of Cenobites. And, and then just Hellraiser just pulls me up to the second window. Um, <laughs> just nip, <laughs> hooks your nipples and starts dragging you around. Right, exactly. I'd pay for it. Uh, I, I I appreciate the the familiarity um, because it is it, it's it's a story that I like. I like Barker's writing and his his creative vision a lot. But it does seem like the least effective out of the three different properties. Um, and there's just. It, it's just not it doesn't have the coolness it doesn't have the the creature factor it's 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 like doing star wars without the cantina scene that that cantina scene really sells you on what this whole star wars universe is pretty much immediately like the the giant ship floating across the screen at the beginning is one thing mm-hmm. but when you get to the cantina and you see all these different kinds of creatures that's like huge world building all of a sudden and nightbreed had that and 
Hellraiser has that, and this doesn't really have that. We we get a guy who floats around uh, and and jumps fire from hand to hand, and some cultists, and that's about the extent of it. It doesn't do enough to to really freak you out. Um, the the most freaky thing is just the the weird ass with the the white eyebrows that keeps kicking everybody's ass for no reason because he looks like he weighs a buck forty. <sighs> Well, if you're in a if you're in a cult, then you can fight people better, I guess. If you're just crazy and you don't give a shit, yeah, fuck it, why not? Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck, man. My my face just caught on fire. I'm still gonna kick the shit out of you down this hallway. Yeah, you really have nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, and and speaking of nothing to lose, all the cultists uh, don't really accomplish anything either. They are there with Nix at the beginning, and they don't do anything to save his life as the people wander through. They are there. Uh, with Nix at the end, and Nix just uses them to, like, hey, I, I had to promise them you guys so I could be here, so all you motherfuckers are going to melt in the ground now. Um, after shaving their heads and kneeling on glass, what a fucking dick move that is. Yeah, it's an odd decision, but uh, I guess... It, it was basically to show his power over them, to show that he was worthy of being alive, I guess, and worthy of, of being the immortal soul that outlived everything. I mean, I think there are other methods in which we could achieve this, but um, to each their own. Yeah, and then it, the the cheap out ending is, of course, uh, the whole place is going to blow up. So we have the the last two characters go running out of the building as everything explodes behind them. That is like the ending of so many goddamn films. It's uh, oh, and just when you think it's all going to be okay, oops, bombs going off. You got your countdown. Get out of here, man. That is that is a cliche that just needs to die I mean you're not wrong but it for some reason it I don't want to say it works but I guess it works but it works because we just we know it we know the expectation but it just keeps doing the same thing over and over it, it's something that it should be joked about at some point in the same way of like the last two seconds on the clock and galaxy quest it, it's oh and, and then it always stops in the last two seconds on the show so it stops at two seconds here yeah, something's just. <laughs> yep. From from a writer of, of Barker's ability, uh, I would have liked to have seen more than that. But it was probably also what you can do with the amount of budget you have to to give that final thing in the film. And that's part of it too. Is that taking he, Barker's stories are not small. He, he does short stories, but they feel fuller. Uh, they feel like there's so much more there that you're just scratching the surface on. Um, this feels small and it, it's probably the nature of it being a movie, uh, but there, there shouldn't be that. It should be a lot more. And it may be because he didn't look at this as being like, what do I do next after this? It was just, I've got to make another film, uh, and they're not letting me do Nightbreed 2, so I'll do this. I really think that as a TV pilot, this would have been great. It also probably would have been ahead of a time and, and it not worked like the Dresden series or like the Constantine series. At some point, this should get remade for TV, even if it's a crappy sci-fi original series. Um, some of those stories are the series are actually really good, uh, at least in the sense that they're fun enough that people keep watching. Yeah. I feel like this could be that and, and could be an introduction to a lot of other Barker stuff. Uh, just in the same way that they could have done a, a Cenobite show, they could do a lot of these things from him. Uh, a Barker show would be 
a blast. Uh, but in the context of this movie standing on its own, it, it's just a little disappointing. Um, sorry, when you were talking about a Cenobite show, I just had like some funny idea of like Cenobites living in a house together with a shitty laugh track. Uh, when we talked about decorating our new home, I told Aaron that uh, I believe our aesthetic is Cenobite chic. Um, what is that? I mean, I have a an idea, of, but a lot of you know skin shades dealing with yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. I mean, odd choice, but it's your house, man. Part of being a homeowner. We have eternity to know your decoupage. I've never heard decoupage before. Oh, you got to watch. Oh, Beat said they announced the Nightbreed TV show. Yeah, I'm not surprised that it was announced. I'm, I'm just, I'm disappointed that it hasn't happened. Well, how long ago was it announced? I guess I probably have a quicker time uh, googling it. Probably then. 1997, right when Highlander was finishing off its Raven series or whatever number of spinoffs that show had. Jan- June 22nd of this year. Oh, oh, well, nice. Sci-fi, go figure. Wasn't there also supposed to be a Critters TV series? Um, uh, that's that's your realm. I mean, give you two seconds and I will Google it. Fucking. I think we talked about it back when we used to do news on this show. Probably when I was less lazy. <clears throat> um, Critters, a new binge TV show. That was January 10th of this year. But I'm looking to see if it says when it's supposed to. Right. We're at this this medium right now where... It began production in early 2018. Oh, good. Because there's so many fucking things that shows can be on. Uh, In the last week, we've seen that Daredevil got canceled off of Netflix along with uh, a couple months ago. We we had it announced that Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage have both been canceled. So we know that Netflix is still hammering away trying to get more content uh, as Disney's stealing some stuff back for them. Uh, Hulu is probably going to get some of this shit. Uh, Warner Brothers has their stuff. CBS or Paramount have their thing with Star Trek Discovery. There's so many different things that need content that it should be like everything should have a show now. Everything should have an announcement of some program. Yeah. Whether or not it gets made or whether or not it lasts past a uh, a pilot is is another story but man it, like if i was if i was a person who could write a spec script this would be a magical time for me because you just get shit option left and right it may not be millions of dollars but it would still be something and it would yeah. like the guy who uh co-wrote the script for the sequel to wonder woman the wonder woman 1984 just got announced as a couple different things that he's going to be doing i think shang chi for marvel is one, and uh, I think the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, which hasn't even come out yet, uh, he's done the script for that, which is great, but it's... ...anything yet that's made it to to the theaters or, or on air, necessarily. But, yeah, you know, here's five other properties that this guy should work on, and here's ten other properties that the lady who worked with him should work on, and so on and so forth, because... Shutter is a is a streaming horror movie thing, mm-hmm. and then there's Screambox, 
And then there's probably about a half dozen things that just play reruns of old movies, but would probably love their own content. Um, and we know people who make stuff. We know people like Anthony and PJ and Jude and everybody else that it's like, man, all of these people are just on that cusp of being that next thing for somebody. So um, Beat said Critters was supposed to come out on Go90, but that service went under. Yeah. Which but I, I had never heard of Go90. Right. Which doesn't mean much. So, But that's the other part of it, too, is that all these channels and stuff that come out, some of them last for all of 10 days and then they disappear. Like, I'm, is Sony Crackle still around? Probably. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen that they name in a while. They made that power show for the Sony PlayStation TV thing, not the, the We Play Live Stations Crackle's TV. Crackle's still... The website's still up. Right. Um. So take that for what it's worth. It appears and a few years ago, Yahoo had bought the rights to make a, a what turned out to be a last season of Community. And that was not good. I never even finished it, and I liked that show. I I watched it. I enjoyed it, but it was it was very different in feel from the seasons before because it had to be it had to be yeah. You know, certain people not coming back was is part of it. But we had already gone through that while the show was still on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's. It's tricky, you know. It, it's like I would have loved to have seen a return to Firefly, which is still one of my all-time favorite shows. But is it one of my all-time favorite shows because it just had a great one-season run? Uh, and would season two have killed it? Possibly. I mean, think of uh, how many TV shows are still on that, like maybe shouldn't be on TV anymore. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, I still watch The Simpsons, but I, I. Don't know the last time I've actually finished an episode. Yeah, The Simpsons is kind of like an institution. Uh, Family Guy is probably one of those things that should go through its second cancellation by now. Probably. Uh, they, they stopped trying seasons and seasons ago. Yeah, but miraculously, like South Park is still really funny, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think South Park, it's because it's the same two guys doing it. Right. And they never, they never let themselves get burnt out. Uh, whereas Family Guy, you can see where Seth MacFarlane has moved on. You know, he moved on to American Dad, and American Dad, I think, is a far superior show. And somehow he moved on to Cleveland Show and didn't give a rat's ass because look at it. I think it was uh, just a paycheck at some point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but now he's type show, and that's all well and good. But it's it's kind of like, oh well. Which one is he more into and which one is Fox more into showing? And can they finally let one of them go? If yeah. if this new thing is the thing, then maybe it's time to have Family Guy not be on Sunday nights. And it's not like it's a Sunday night animation block because it's always at last half hour is some other bullshit that they put in there instead. Um, so it's Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, and... Last Man on Earth, or The Cool Kids, or I gave whatever. Up on Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it, it does. Again, it screams like if if Stephen King is having this renaissance on his stuff right now. So they're doing his show Castle Rock on Hulu, uh, which is based off of the the King universe. They've done it. They've got a remake of Pet Cemetery coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a few other ones that are coming out. Maybe Cujo. 
they're redoing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like, oh, yeah, Stephen King, Stephen King. I feel like there's absolutely room and someone should be champing at the bit to get Clive Barker in that same situation. You know, if they go straight to Coons, fuck them. But if they <laughs> if they really went out, they're like, I, I just should be the crackle of, of this. Yeah, like I think there's going to be a time and a place for Clive Barker's comeback, I guess. Yeah, but I, I worry that it's going to be like after he passes away. And, and maybe that it's that he wants to retain some creative control over it and they don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the guy's in his 60s now, yeah. I think. And didn't you just... You almost met him recently. Fuck you. I saw him <laughs> from across the room, but I wasn't going to pay like 60 bucks to shake his hand when I had paid 120 to get a picture with him and some cinnamon bites. That never happened. Yeah, that's true. But I, I don't know. I I am a I am a reasonably large-ish Barker fan, and it's mostly based off of a couple particular works. I've got a lot more of his books that I haven't really cracked the the covers on, yeah. but um, the stuff I I liked of his I've loved of his, and and that puts him into a higher well, category for me. You're kind of uh, you got kind of a twisted sense of humor. By kind of, I mean yeah. like very much so. But I think it's it's like when you're a teenager and you read The Stand for the first time. Uh, and it sticks in you and it, it changes your worldview because you're right at that age where you're hungry for something and it, it gets in there and it just grabs a hold of you. That's the way Great and Secret Show was for me. It, it's, yeah. I read it and it was a revelation. Well, and, uh, and like uh, you said, I mean, you watched it at a young age, so I think that has a lot to do with it too. And maybe if I had read it when I was a teenager, I would have been way more into Clive Barker than I am. When I first saw Hellraiser, it scared the fucking shit out of me. So, yeah, not that I have like a bad taste in my mouth but about clive barker or anything like that but i don't know maybe maybe if i'd really gotten into it when i was younger it would mean more to me that's like it's like strange right. land you know what i mean yeah. so yeah yeah exactly or it, it's like watching labyrinth for the first time today as yeah. opposed for the first time when you were like 14 and it was the 80s and it all made a certain degree of sense and now it's like Really? With the puppets? I mean, I love puppets. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it, it's it's a different feeling. And I, I totally get that that's, that's it. Is sometimes things just catch you at the right time or they catch the world at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also think that Barker's stuff, as I've read, is has the ability to be timeless. I think the one thing that holds back something like Hellraiser is the fact that we all really love the guy who played Hellraiser, or excuse me, I keep saying Hellraiser, played Pinhead mm-hmm. in those movies. And it's hard to let go of that actor in association with that role. And I think what Hellraiser could be is bigger than the Pinhead character. Um, whereas a Nightmare on Elm Street, it's hard to do Nightmare on Elm Street without Freddy Krueger being the main point of it. Um, it really is the center of that. Hellraiser is more of a an induction into hell, and the Cenobites are part of that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Pinhead at the Cenobites. No. But everybody associates it with Pinhead, and so if you associate it with Pinhead, then you want the real Pinhead to be there, and putting someone else in that that costume and that face paint in those nails doesn't work. 
Well, they did, uh, especially when they did such a really shitty job of it when they did do a remake. Um, but he was in the latest one, and the latest one was a pile of dog shit too. Judgment. He was in a lot of them that were well, piles that's, of shit. That's a really good point. I mean, um, you know, not all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets were good, but no. tell me I'm wrong. Look at five and tell me I'm wrong. I didn't hate five. I don't. Really I didn't remember hate five. It, but... It's it's not good, but no, I love it. No, yeah, I I get what you're saying. Uh, same thing with two, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, I didn't exactly. care for two. I mean, I loved two, but two also again was like I had seen the first one and I had dreams where I, shit that happened in my dreams happened in two. Yeah, not as much the gay stuff. I wasn't that confused uh, as a teenager, <laughs> but I don't care. It wouldn't bother me now. Well, right. Um, right. But yeah, the, the I I I get having a loyalty to an actor, uh, loyalty to someone who created a character. I, I joked about this a couple weeks ago on here. Is like uh, you gave me a, a Han Solo movie and it didn't have fucking Han Solo in it. <laughs> it had somebody who, in no way, shape, or form, even reminded me of Han Solo, and so uh, it ruined what was otherwise a kind of cool movie for me because a lot of the stuff that happened and it was great. And as funny as it is, is that the, the person who played um, Lando was fantastic as Lando, yeah. but not really a lot like the Lando from the original films. It, it was a really different take by somebody who just presented better. Um, I've still yet to watch solo for what it's worth. It's it's okay. I have it's, not heard many people say it's good. It, I wouldn't say it's good. I I but I'd say it's okay. And there's definitely elements there that there could have been a really fun space heist movie. It just doesn't pull together. I think because they tried to make it a Han Solo movie in a way that doesn't work. Yeah. When you're when you're comparing it to what the original character is and who the original actor who played it is. So yeah, all of that. It's tough. It's tough to take a, a a franchise that's 30, 40 years old and make it continue to this day because you wonder, what is it about the original franchise that worked? Is it the actors? Is it the characters? Is it the characters played by those actors? Is it the world? Is it the, the theme? What What is it that makes it click with a, a viewer that makes them kind of love it and obsess over it. And, and again, sometimes it's none of that. Sometimes it's just, it worked at that moment. And then we have a nostalgia for it for forever. Um, but anything you do now will detract from the nostalgia. will make it less so. I don't know. If if they did a movie of the the books of the art of the great and secret show in Everville, and whenever Clive gets around to the third one, please get around to the third one, Clive. Because uh, <laughs> we know he's listening. But fucking, you're turning a George R. R. Martin with this. Um, will I? Will I love it in a way that I, I should? Um, that I hope to, because it's got to stand up to what I imagine it being. You know what I read and what I see in my head versus what it could literally be on film, or whoever's interpretation of it is on film, because it's not mine. If I don't make it, then it's always going to be different from what I want. Uh, so Growly pointed out that Solo is a reimagined Star Wars story, which, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I get I get the whole point where they're trying to expand on this universe that was created at one point, and um, it, it's, I don't know. It almost seems like you're just grabbing for money, and and, and like, uh, fuck, I don't know. I don't even mind the grabbing for money. I I just think if you're saying you're expanding a universe, then expand the universe. You go out. You don't go backwards and forwards in the same linear line. You do something else. You bring something new to it. You know, you you bring new visionaries to. That's why the first Star Wars movies, in my mind, worked better than the the prequels did. Is because it wasn't just Lucas by himself. It was people that were taking Lucas's ideas and adding to it. And yeah. and you put that guy in his fucking Lucas box and all his Lucas toys, and Lucas is the only one who says what happens and what's good. It loses something for me. But for a lot of other people, no. A lot of other people love that. They prefer that. They don't want other people getting their hands in it, and that's why they don't like the sequels. Right. It's because Lucas isn't associated with it. It it's it's a hard call. It's a hard sell. Do we could have said that about the the it remake because it's sort of a remake, but it's also the the first quality film version of the book that had a TV version that some people really love that TV version, but you watch it now and it it shows its age and it shows the fact that it was made for television. Yeah, I mean, it's still I think still think it's really good, but I agree with what you're saying. Right. It just it didn't age as well. But when they made it, I don't think anyone thought about what, what's this going to look like in 30, 40 years. And that that's the thing is that in the in the early '90s, when we were watching stuff like that, and we watched the Stan TV series and everything, it was a big deal just to have that happen from these books that had been 10, 15, 20 years old at that point. Right. It's like holy shit, you know, they're making a multi-night series of the Stan. That's crazy. That's they got Rob Lowe, fucking Rob Lowe's on TV. <laughs> That was before in a videotape appropriately with a teenager. Like, wow, that's amazing. And Molly Ringwald and and the guy from Parker Lewis and Gary Sinise. I, it's like, that's great at that moment. And then you show that to somebody now for the first time, and they're going to look at it and they're going to say, what is this hokey shit? Mm-hmm. It's rare that you're going to see somebody with today's sensibilities and without that sense of of history to it, look at that and go, oh, this is good. You know, they're going to go, what the fuck? But it doesn't mean it wasn't good for when it was. It's just some stuff. Does everything need to be remade to, to like, hold up to a new audience? Or is it the vacuum of ideas that that's all we can do? It's like, we can only make new Star Wars movies. We can only make multiple Marvel and DC movies and and that kind of thing, or can we stop walking this fucking line on the wrong side of it and do both? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Damn it, I want you to fix this for me, Matt. I will write a strongly worded letter to the white man. See if we can get this taken care of. You know, just send her to Crackle. They seem to be on top of things. <laughs> just, dear Crackle, <laughs> fix this. We have an idea for a show for you. It's called Stop the Bullshit. <laughs> it's just uh, someone pitching TV ideas and all of a sudden you just yelling, Stop the Bullshit. It'd be yeah. like the gong show, but funny. It'd be for like us. some dumbass podcasters promising for a year and a half that they were going to 
publicly write the script for the new Gremlins 3 movie. Hey, man. I'm texting Jack right now. Yeah. The whole reason I want to do that is not because I think we're going to make a Gremlins 3 movie. Uh, the reason I want to do that is because I want to hang out with you and Jack and because I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to do something creative with you guys uh, that just allows us to both bitch about the state of things and try to also prove that we we can be smarter than you assholes, except we're not. We we don't really think we're smarter than anybody. No, that's why we're we really know terrible we're smarter than everybody. Podcast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Beatmaster says all the losers of the Gong Show would go to Netflix. Bumps. Hey man, Netflix has got some good shows. I like efforts for family. I like to glow. Stranger I Things. Liked, uh, Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, first season of Stranger Things and second season. I, I still I like the first one better, but I think I like the first season better because it was new. Yeah. It has nothing it to do with it being good or bad. It's just And they didn't spend that whole hour episode with uh Levin's cousin or whatever. Uh man. Yeah. Doesn't the third season that that comes out in March or something? I think so. And, and I'm really not shitting on Stranger Things because it is a really great show. But we still haven't watched the last episode of the second season. Oh, you should probably get on that. I, I think a year now since we were watching it. Um, yeah, it, it's... I. We're in an era where... Take a deep everybody, breath. Everybody has the opportunity to make art. And to make art and have it potentially be seen. You know, we're talking about 15, 20 years of being able to blog. We're talking about 10 years of being able to publish to Kindle. Uh, we're, we're talking about how many years of YouTube. So it, it's an opportunity for everybody. It's it's not a level playing field, but it's kind of fucking close. It's, it's certainly closer than when I was growing up and people would make stop motion with Polaroids. Uh, and use up like $40 of film just using their Lego bricks. Now you can make fucking Lego movies that look as good as the actual Lego movie. I think that's how it got launched, is that everybody was doing this shit already, and they said, hey, we should do this ourselves. <laughs> Fuck it. Might as so, well. as, as, a, as a guy who does a show criticizing other people's movies, yeah, but hypocritically. It's kind of why we're here, I guess. Not, I don't want to say that we're criticized, but Fuck it. I give up on this thought. No, it, we we did this because, I mean, I did this because I wanted to talk about movies with you. I wanted to talk with you and hang out with you. Um, we should actually start a spinoff show where we just talk about fast food. I, we don't need a spinoff show. That is this show. <laughs> so we'd be pretty good at that one. but. <laughs> <sighs> so you want to rate this? Do you have anything else to say about no, I need to or watch it again. Maybe, maybe we'll have our first ever part two episode where I actually watch this movie until I comprehend it. We'll do a pot shot add-on. Sure. Go yeah. ahead and make but promises of things that'll never happen. I do want to watch it again. That that's I think a pretty big statement from you because you don't make it through the end of most movies that you're watching for the once. Nope, you are not wrong. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of high on this myself uh because i i love it because i love the the stuff behind it more than 
it's unfair because it's more than what the movie itself deserves, but I'm going to give this a four. Whoa. But the caveat is everything that I just said. I was just fucking with you. Um, I gave it a two and a half mostly because I'm very confused, but I liked it enough to a point where I want to watch it. So I went right down the middle until I can watch it again. And you gave it a two and a half because that was your mentality. Yes. Yeah. Your words are hurtful. <laughs> um, I lost, I lost my show notes here. Ah, oh, you can contact us by leaving us voicemail at eight zero five three two eight thirty nine sixty six. Email us at pot at gncast.com. You can leave us a message on the website. Uh, follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcastatera. You can also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. Leave us feedback, please. Somehow we have two less reviews on iTunes now. I don't know if you... I didn't hey, know you uh, could... Were they the good reviews or the bad reviews? Um, I think they were just... Like someone just checked stars. So I don't know... Oh. If uh, they were they were Russian bots, it's possible they got pulled they down. Were fake views. Who knows? Um, I'm gonna have to get my refund. Uh, you can also go to bit.ly/slash/podreview. Uh, all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com/slash/subscribe. You can follow the entire fucking network, the Collective Network on Facebook. You could go to Amazon Podcast here too. That's yielding very poor results. I don't yeah, know. Now, if, that, now, that, now that Corey's not funding me, um, I don't really know if it works correctly. I I don't know. Either way, I know that they were cracking down on podcasts, so <laughs> for all I know, they got wise. Um, I don't know, Corey. Where? What do you want to push this? This week, I uh, want to talk about uh, some friends of ours, friends of the show, Nate and Brandon who do uh, the uh, inkgeeks.com, uh, Ink Geek Network. They just relaunched their show, All Geeked Up. It's going to have a new feed in your podcatchers, so you'll have to kind of look for that as it gets released. But you can watch the pre-recorded show on Twitch and I think on YouTube. Uh, I have done a show with them, STFU, which I hear might be coming back. But uh, this is more about their show because they're great guys. I've missed listening to them and, and hanging out with them. So hopefully uh, you guys, uh, if you also are interested in people that I think are cool, uh, go check them out. Go to inkgeekstudios.com. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and on Tapped at the Lifeguard. Um, <laughs> next week we have uh, kind of an interesting guest. We're going to be watching What We Do in the Shadows with um we're kind of friends i don't know i don't know him that well his name is cameron birdsall also goes by dj boats uh he is in a dj troupe if you will called ass jams down in (laughs) kansas um he's also they launched the ass jams podcast uh cameron also plays guitar in a band young bull which I really, really like. Um, a couple of guys in that band are in my friend James' band, uh, Amanaza. So that's that's how I know him, through the whole band thing. Um, I also watched him get super trashed while DJing James's wedding while drinking Alizé. So it'll be I didn't know what any of those words were. Alizé is like some foofy booze. 
And de- DJing a wedding is when you play music at a wedding. No, it's not. Trashed <laughs> is really when you is. drink too much Alizé while DJing a wedding. I feel like there should be a much milder... <laughs> there should be like the the uh, Playmobil version to the Lego of trash. <laughs> uh, Beat says that Ass Jams is the name of the Tommy Lee cover band. Oh, it's of his Tommy Lee cover band. I like it. Just, I like that too. Just jam some ass. Um, Crew has a movie coming out. It has like a... I don't know if it's a documentary or what, but some some film about Motley Crue. I keep seeing write-ups about it's coming out pretty soon. Well, why not? And I, I want to say the kid from that Halloween, uh, 2018 Halloween movie, uh, who dies in the truck, is going to be in it too. Hey, uh, what we do in shadows? A, a sh- uh, movie that has a TV show spinoff coming out, I think, on some streaming crap. So there you go. There's more evidence of that. Yeah, I I think I tried to watch this movie once and just. Uh, gave up but that was before this podcast um so we'll see if i actually can get through it this time but yeah that's gonna or be- just rewatch lord of illusions and <laughs> just come next week and be like guys i'm ready i'll just forever be one movie behind um all right that's gonna do it for another episode of podcast there we'll talk to you guys next week stay scary everybody Bye.